Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Powering your property on Money FM 89.3. So we're talking property again because new private home sales in Singapore slipped for a third consecutive month in December last year. Developers sold 170 new private homes, excluding executive condominiums. This is the lowest monthly sales volume in the primary market since January 2009. All this based on figures released by the Urban Redevelopment Authority just yesterday. So what is up next for the private residential market? Well, to tell us more, Nicholas Mark, Head of Research and Consultancy at ERA Realty, joining us now to share more of what's happening in the property sector. Nicholas, uh, December 2022 set the record for the slowest month ever for new private homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's uh, spurring this setback? Well, typically the year-end period, especially November, December, sales tends to be a bit slower because of the year-end loud period. You know, you've got Christmas and then and the school holidays. Well, this time is a bit uh, different because there are also people going on revenge vacation, especially <laughs> after three years of lockdown. And then this is the first long school holidays where there is no lockdown. So there are a number of people that are going overseas for vacation. And the other thing is that there is actually no launch of any major project with the exception of an executive condo project called Tenant at uh, Tampines, which sold fairly well. Other, but then not everyone's eligible to buy an EC unit. So as a result, the transaction volume is quite low. That means private homes that were released is only 45 units uh, released, which is like typically in a month, you can see a few hundred units released. And so developers sold fewer units. Mm. But the other reason is that I think many home buyers, because nowadays people can only buy one to two homes, um, are actually keeping their powder dry. They're they are just waiting to buy, perhaps look for certain projects that they've been eyeing for next year, because, or rather this year, in 2023, there is an estimated 30 to as many as 40 um, residential projects that could potentially be launched. The thing is, why are developers, or rather, why did developers release fewer units in the past month or so? Did they know all this was coming or, you know, was there something else behind it? a bit of a herd instinct. Like for example, if they uh, they know that year-end there is going to be less buyers, the other thing is that they want to build on momentum. Take for example, if they were to launch in December and then there could be times when there will be a very few visitors at, during the Christmas period. And then if they try to restart the engine again, the, the marketing activities in January, and then next thing you've got Chinese New Year, yeah. which again, the show flats will, uh, could be closed and people won't be visiting. So, well, rather than wait for all that, let's do it after the Chinese New Year. Do it in February onwards. Mm, okay, so, that so is one of the reasons. Yeah. So speaking of that, and you were just about to talk about the way ahead as well. Analysts are expecting, in general, thirty to forty new private residential developments to be launched this year, adding, of course, ten to twelve thousand new homes to the market. So, mm-hmm. how do you expect this to unfold in terms of pressures on the market, relieving pressures on the market, and of course, prices? Well, sometimes, well, in, in just basic economics 101, you think that when there's more supply, prices should be going down. Yes, that can happen if the product is fairly homogeneous. Take, for example, petrol, petroleum or, or energy. You know, you've got more energy players, 
uh, suppliers, you got more uh, elect- competition, prices could go down. But that's not always the case when it comes to non-homogeneous or hedge product. Like, for example, real estate is one example. Because sometimes when you have more launches and developers are launching at higher prices than, let's say, the previous year, it can actually push prices up. But the market will also be facing some challenges, like, for example, high interest rates, some economic uncertainties. So we're going to see a rather interesting year this year. We're going to see more supply than 2022. We are going to see some of these projects are going to be priced at higher prices. But then we also see that there's, well, in the last 14 months, there's been two rounds of cooling measures. So things are going to be, it's going to be an interesting mix in the market. Nicholas, with all these new homes hitting the market soon, do you expect property prices to stabilize? I think there is a good chance that it will stabilize, but with a bit of an upwards bias. The reason is because new launches typically will influence market prices and developers are constrained by cost pressure. They bought the land at fairly high prices uh, over the last two, three years. Their construction cost has gone up, sometimes higher than what they initially expected. Interest rate has gone up, which means it actually increased their financing costs. Then with all that together, and this is across the board, you know, it doesn't just affect a handful of developers, it affects everyone. So all the developers will have to be under pressure to if they try to cut prices. So I don't think they will do that. So chances is that prices will be higher. But again, they must also price reasonably, then they can generate fairly good sales. Yeah, exactly. So there will be a point of resistance where buyers will say, you know what, forget it. It's just way too expensive. And speaking of way too expensive, rentals, (laughs) another bugbear, right? (laughs) And now Bloomberg analysts are predicting that private home rentals could climb another 10 to 15 percent this year. What do you think, Nicholas? I think 10 to 15% is quite possible. It might even be higher than 10%. Uh, I thought you might say that. (laughs) Okay, there is a reason behind it. Tell us, tell us. We have already seen that last year, prices have grown above 20, between 20, close to about 25% last year, right? And the the circumstances that actually fuel that price increase, which is limited new supply, we see more foreigners coming here, that, that same situation is going to play out in 2023. In fact, with the China easing its uh, COVID restrictions and reopening its borders, we could see more Chinese expatriates come to Singapore and some of them could come as students or as workers here and so on. So they will probably, most of the time they'll rent. They'll rent mm. first if, before deciding whether or not to buy. Students probably they won't buy. They'll just continue renting. So as a result, we will see rental demands not likely to drop and supply will still be a bit sticky. Well, uh, we, we, can, we do expect a bit more completion this year. That means new condos being completed, but it's not anything near pre-COVID level yet. So where will this bring, you know, students and, you know, normal workers who might not be able to afford these kinds of rents anymore? I think some might go to HDB flats. Uh, some will start Even HDBs HDB are flat. expensive now as well. Yes, yes, unfortunately. Well, I guess for some people, they might uh, want to think about sharing. That means you put more people together mm. uh, in sharing the rooms. Uh, seen tenants, especially if they don't mind, is that some are even renting the living room. 
Oh. You know, they, they, they partition up the living room and, is and that even legal? they basically stay there. <laughs> well, they, uh, for the HDB flats, there is a maximum number of occupants right. for each type of flat. Mm. So, not supposed to, uh, because there's also the uh, hygiene and fire safety concerns. Exactly. So it's, it's not just about, you know, what's legal or not, which, although that's very, very important. It's also about what's acceptable and humane. Right? Yes. But for, for, but for the tenants, uh, it's basically, some of them is their choice. It's, yeah. uh, the more people you have the, uh, living there, mm-hmm. the, the more people can share the rent. So sometimes it's a matter of uh, just keeping the rents affordable for everyone. But I've also seen some units that w- where the landlord actually partition up with fiber boards and so on, creating more rooms. Now that that is really bothering or being illegal because they are turning the apartment or into a, basically a boarding house. Yeah. 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 Which is why I guess the big question is when can we expect some signs of moderation to these exorbitant rents? I think it's likely to be in the second half of this year because we might see more, com- if the completions are coming on steadily, that means the number of new uh, housing units are coming on steadily, we could see that decline. But now, stabilization first. The other thing is actually, will there be a moderation in demand? If let's say, um, the, well, it's, it's, it's not a really a good thing if we have an economic slow down and rental demand declines and then next thing is that uh, rentals will start to soften. Sometimes it's, this is like the medicine might be worse than the illness. Mm. Exactly. Let's talk about executive condominiums because they are making headlines right now as well. Apparently, the primary market fared better than the private housing market last month and developers sold an estimated 468 units in December last year. That's about 2.5 times more than November. People are talking about how some of the resale units have generated windfall profits. Where do you see this market going? One thing about the EC or executive condo market, um, especially the primary market, is a bit lumpy because we can see sometimes a period of six months there are no launches. And then uh, in the fourth quarter of last year, there were two EC projects and each one of them is uh, fairly large, more than 600 units each, been launched. One in the east at Tampines and one at Tenga. So and because of this huge supply, yes, uh, the number of uh, units sold by the developers EC units increase. But the other thing is about, because EC in a way is a subsidized hybrid, private public hybrid um, housing. So after they have HDB regulation, so after the five-year uh, minimum occupation period, the owners could sell it on the open market, the resale market, and some do, typically th- th- there will be some profit. Just like people who buy BTO flats, when they sell it on the open market, they will enjoy a profit as well. <laughs> so in this case, the, I guess that news report has said that some of them do make, it's, it's not very surprising either, uh, that they make a profit. It's just a matter of uh, how much, and sometimes that depends on the market condition when the unit enters the market. Mm. So how would you advise HDB upgraders who are looking to buy ECs and mm. see it as an attractive asset that they can make money off of in the future? Well, Actually, not every HDB upgraders are eligible to buy EC because mm. EC uh, is governed by HDB regulations. So if they have already bought two EC or two subsidized HDB flats, sorry, two mm. subsidized HDB flats, they are no longer eligible to buy an EC. So that means they might have bought the first HDB flat from the government. They, they haven't bought a second flat. 
then they could be eligible. But they could also be subject to um, some other restrictions as well. Like, for example, they may have to pay this um, the resale levy. But EC is still cheap on a per square foot basis. It's still cheaper than fully private condominium. So that might be one of the attractions because it is uh, cheaper on the per square foot basis than private condo. So that is one attraction. But EC, as I mentioned, is lumpy in that. Like, for example, you have one in Tenga and one in Tampines. What if you don't like don't need these two, don't want these two locations. Then there's no more, then you might have a long, long wait before the next EC comes along. Let's say you want it somewhere in the Northeast, in mm. Bongo. Well, I think there's nothing there really in the pipeline for quite a while. So it's, it's not always available in a certain mm. location when you want it. Okay, Nicholas, thank you very much uh, for sharing that with us. Nicholas, a mock head of research and consultancy at ERA Realty. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.